healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. Welcome back, fellow news covers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discord. The Samuel's cabin, as usual, coming to you live from a tiny shack here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We're so happy to have you here to talk about some music today. Got a little heavier episode for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about Raphael Sadiq's new album, Jimmy Lee. Now, if you are not familiar with the name Raphael Sadiq, we're going to give you a little more information coming up. But the, the, the short version is he's a musical god walking amongst us. He was in the band Tony, 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 along with one of his brothers. He is a legendary producer. He's produced over 75 albums, so many hits you can't even name them. Uh, I'll name one, D'Angelo, Untitled. I name the second one. Uh, Solange, Cranes in the Sky. The guy is just amazing. And um, he put out a great new al- a great album in, in 2011 called Stone Rolling. And it's been kind of silent since then. Been working on a lot of stuff uh, behind the scenes, like Insecure, uh, the soundtrack for that. But uh, but anyway, he's back. And, and this is, as they say, his most personal album ever. But it's more than that. It is about uh, the, the horrors and perils of drug addiction and oppression and what they do to our society, the long line multi-generational effects of this this is like i said man this is a heavy album um and uh so avery junius uh actually got on the mic and has joined us to talk about this so we're going to be doing that and uh we're also going to be playing a track if you stick around to the end from nickel and rose they're a milwaukee band and i think uh i'll explain later why this fits fits in with what we're going to be talking about today but uh they're great but before we get to that i i want to I, I know you guys are music lovers because you listen to this podcast so have you heard about the osiris network osirispod.com is putting together this uh, amazing roster of shows all about music and it's made by music fans made by musicians it's made by podcast professionals made by us our podcast dead to me is uh is on this network and now disc college is on the network too you can go to osirispod.com and check out their like awesome slate of shows and they're also partnered with jambase and jambase.com is is sort of a a big repository for all things live music they're amazing they've been around for years and years and years uh and uh it's great to be working with both of these guys so check them out osirispod.com and jambase.com and with that i think we're going to get to it so we're just going to kick things off with the, the start of the album. This sets the tone. This is Sinner's Prayer off of Raphael Sadiq's Jimmy Lee. Eight millimeters and microscopes. Fingers on the triggers aimed at my dome. They're gunning for me with loaded tongues. Just trying to get home, prodigal son. See, I'm not running, I'm in this fight. No, I'm not guilty, hope the most high. Can't see my heart is in the right place. My hands are folded, my knees are bending when I say, God. Can we make it? God, 
Sinner's Prayer off of Raphael Sadiq's uh, latest album, Jimmy Lee. Raphael Sadiq is uh, pretty much the most legendary music producer, maker of the past 20 or 30 years, certainly in R&B and soul. Joining me to talk about this is Mr. Avery Junius. How you doing, Avery? That's me. How you guys doing today? Pretty good. So, uh, you know, I wanted to start off with a, a little background on this. He... Um, he has has his family has like this huge amounts of tragedy in 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 the background, which we'll get to eventually. But he's sort of been hesitant about talking about this. And this album, he he takes it on head on, uh, specifically through the lens of his brother Jimmy Lee, who was a heroin addict who died uh, from AIDS that he contracted through uh, needle usage. And um, in doing so, it's a sharp turn from his 2011 album Stone Rollin', and that you know that was more. Super fun, and it was it was what he's known for. You know the throwback sound that was at the height of that stuff like Sharon Jones, uh, the Dep get is it Dep Kings or Dep Tones? It's Dep Kings. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Dep Kings. Yeah, yeah. Um, Charles Bradley, that that whole um, that whole crew, and uh, and in the meantime, he's just been working in the background. He does the music for Insecure, the HBO show, which has some of the best music on television. Um, he also, um, and this, you know what, we might just end this podcast right now because we're both gamers. He helped develop the Friday the 13th, the game. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. So Raphael Sadiq's new album, uh, better than Friday the 13th. No. Um. (laughs) (laughs) At least it's, I mean, honestly, it's really hard to, uh, make, is it, is it the other way around? Is movies, I feel like movie games, the movies and movies, the games, they just don't. It's very yeah, hard. Right. Very hard. You're right. You're right. So he tried. He yeah. gave it to college try. But I don't think he was in there coding. No, <laughs> I don't think so. That would be amazing if he was. What if here's this dude who can like make music better than everybody else and he can be like, yo, I'm just going to code up Friday the 13th this weekend. Uh, I don't know if you want to take credit for that. <laughs> no, no, you don't want to take credit for that. But at any rate, this guy is, in the words of my friend uh, Marcus Moore, he is a god. Um, and, um, and so you, you, we're going to listen to him. Right. When he speaks, whether it's on an album or like in an interview or stuff, you're like, hey, this guy is some guy who knows some shit. 
And on this, uh, what he's doing is taking us through a journey through the impact of addiction and what it has on personal, the, the person themselves, the what it has on the people around them, uh, how that spirals out of control. And to my mind, uh, it it falls into the genius character. Uh, territory because and and in the very much the same way that Marvin Gaye's what's going on because he then turns that into like sort of the galaxy brain view the 50,000 foot and how all of this feeds into uh institutionalized and systemic racism and oppression in this country um uh, specifically through the prison system and for that you, you know when you start listening to this I am I think you differ a little bit on this like I, this is not my favorite like production sounding in him and that's what i usually like relate to but you really it, you have to dig into what he's saying and then it then it just really locks in as uh one of the most i think powerful statements on this that i've heard um but and and that is uh that's unique because like y- you were saying off mic you uh you know this is ingrained like in your brain as a child, right? Yeah, Tony, my, Tony, Tony. It's kind of like in my DNA. Like, yeah. You know, um, list of just remembering here and, you know, anniversary or feels good. I mean, it, the, the Tony, Tony, Tony uh, greatest hits in the 1997 Explorer and the, I think it was like an 89, like Nissan 240 or something like that. Like, so, right. you know, I feel like when somebody like Raphael Sadiq, he comes out with an album, even though he's been the, like I don't want to put I'm gonna put the age out there. I'm only 26. He's been making music longer than me. So, yeah, like long, you know, like you, you 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 have to listen. And um, I think it just shows like with all even like the younger people that he's worked with. You know, I don't know if it, it, I don't want to get too much off topic, but like with I predominantly listen to hip hop and rap, and sometimes mm-hmm. like they don't the younger people don't give that respect to like the older generation, but. I mean, yeah. I've seen like, you know, you just said like Solange, Solange worked on, you know, D'Angelo's kind of, yeah, like, yeah. So I don't know. I was, I had a good listen on this album, even though you, like you said, it's not his best. It won't be my favorite. I mean, it's probably not my favorite. I, well, think I, it's I more, don't know about that. Maybe, maybe I, just on the, the sound. But I mean, like, I, as a... It's, it's not going to replace it, your it, memories, it, I think is what you're saying. There it goes. That, yeah, yeah, there it goes. Yeah, and it can't because, like, like I said, you. I mean, everybody has this, um, especially uh, I think in and uh, tell me if I'm speaking out of hand here in the African uh, American community. When you see an artist get to this level, like you, it's just you, it, you, you cheer it, you applaud it. It's important. You have to. Yeah, and, and to. that and that is actually and then it stays in the culture. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like Solange's last album at all. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I love that it exists, and yeah. I love that that she fucking like it, it, it has that much of an impact on the culture, and in a, in a very real sense can lift, uh, can lift up the culture through something like that, um, and and I don't want to say stuff like oh it's just not for me. I mean, probably isn't actually. Um, but, I feel like that one was more for uh, the last Solange, and probably like this one for Raphael Sadiq. This was like they're more like personal, it's like to home. Yeah. That hit a little more home. I know the first uh, Solange was a little more success- accessible. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. There's, it's funny you mentioned the, the, uh, the pain and respects of this. 
there's uh, Anderson Park clearly was influenced by Raphael Sadiq. And there's even on the second song here, So Ready, sounds almost like an Anderson Park song. I felt myself so alone. The blow was too strong. And then I broke your heart. I went too far. He didn't show up on the song. It was confusing to me. I was like, Damn. yeah, you know, and and so it goes both ways. Sadiq is working with all these people, and he's in this world, and and not just changing it, but learning from it. And it's because he's a remarkable fucking artist. But it's kind of odd because a lot of um, like older heads, like even like Little Brother, just dropped an album. Mm-hmm. Anderson Pack comes on that. Tribe Called yeah. Quest. Anderson Pack was on there. I'm kind of surprised actually because a lot of people recognize Anderson Pack as like a, a great new talent. Yeah, so, for sure. But yeah. For sure. But um but you know, again, back to the power of this album, one thing about addiction is that it, it does tear uh, everything apart. And if you are uh, unlucky enough, uh, maybe that's not the right way to put it, to have somebody uh with uh, addiction in your family or your or your chosen family, like you know and you see the effects. Yeah. And uh and there's no like right way to deal with it. You know, you can, you know, for example, like my sister's an addict, uh, and we are estranged probably permanently because of just who she is. Uh, and uh, th- that's neither right or wrong, but those are the choices you end up having to make. Uh, yeah. It's horrible, and it crushes communities, families, and everything. But a key to that is in this song, uh, Something Keeps Calling. Something Keeps Calling. Said, you're gonna lose family. 
just right out the gate that very first line you might say i can never love again you might be right at least tonight that is uh that's a crushing fucking line dude yeah. like that you we indulge i think things uh like addiction or, or to whatever to like you can hoard stuff you can get really into fortnite you really you, don't see it you don't see it but the person on the house like yeah yeah and you do it because like you think that you like nobody nobody could love me right you know that and 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 a lot of this album is about uh dispelling that myth Mm. A lot of it's about like uplift. In fact, he addresses it on like two songs later on I'm Feeling Love. That song is actually kind of confusing to me because is is that character like or person an addict who's like give me some wine like I I don't know what's going on there is it, are they lying to themselves I actually don't yeah I was kind of confused about that song too actually I right don't, yeah but I mean that might be the uh, I think addicts are they are confused as the you know yeah. I think one of the masteries of this album is even though the 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 subject matter is is pretty dark for the most part it it's uh the production is still like uplifting like you can you can still listen to or somebody the average person can still listen to it maybe mm. you know and then hopefully they dive deeper into what he's actually saying yeah at times it gets clubby it does yeah but i think that's just like that might be his nate i mean he's been making a certain sound for so long yeah so like <laughs> yeah. which is good you know it's consistent yeah, but, yeah. This isn't a radical reinvention of his sound. Yeah. Um, you know, touching on those themes of of why you know, I, I think that whole middle part, probably from this world is drunk, uh, through uh, glory in the veins, is uh, just sort of a horrible walk through uh, a human being getting broken down. So you you though were really like the first thing you said to me was glory in the veins, or glory to the veins, uh, really hit you. Yeah, so I mean, he's he said he was about to actually name this album that, mm -hmm. but um, I thought it was one of the more honest songs like on the album in terms of like combining the feel of the like the lyrics and the actual sound of the the production of the the song. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. it's not uplift it's not like a uplifting sound. Also, um, it kind of feels like that's what addiction like feels like even though i think in a part of the song he says uh everything's going fast but like the song is not going fast like
I know that's the song he actually says like he was doing. Um, because I know he, um, in, an, in the NPR interview, he said he tried like ecstasy for some like one time, but then he <laughs> he stopped. So yeah, that's I think he admits like to doing drugs in that song. But yeah, yeah. that's like my standout track. Yeah, and 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 that is you know it it um what, what I was talking about the the sort of sonic back and forth of this that is almost like industrial for fans like Nine Inch Nails, or you know in the nineties uh, that uh, that was everywhere. Um, sort of moody, like Portishead type of stuff. Okay. Uh, that, that, that you that, that you get um, get swallowed up by the sonics of it. But it's dark. It's minor key. It's meant to make. It's meant to put you off. Uh, and and that's what these drugs invariably do. That's, and, and that's one of the shorter songs on the album too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And towards the end, I mean, Rikers Island is right after that. So that's the switch. It's just like mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like you reach the end um, and this character is his brother or whatever is just lost down here and uh and i i wonder if because that was the first song he wrote for the album it was like you mentioned going to be named that that it was just too like heavy like you gotta it gotta get in get out yeah that could have yeah that, honestly that yeah i didn't know that was the first song that he wrote so yeah that kind of explains you know maybe that was what he wanted to do originally but plans change yeah. but i did this did it say did he say how long it actually took him to to make this because i know his last album came out eight years ago i think he said uh he started after uh working with solange gotcha okay so what is that two years a year Uh, the the first album like 2016 so about three years two and a half three years or so yeah you know it's um yeah and he said he put him he put himself really in the headspace of this I mean, again, that's the genius for me of this album is how he takes, uh, you know, we we look at addiction as it's this totally foreign thing. It's just about drugs, uh, and and it's and it's not because the behavior is the you see it in all kinds of different things, you know, hoarding, playing video games too much, like I said, you know, all, all these things, and and it it just uh, and it's human at the end of the day, and we don't necessarily. Uh, support those individuals who have those problems as well as we we can or should i think it's sometimes it's hard i mean you've never been in those shoes so it's kind of hard to yeah it's uh, you i think like one of the things i try to do when talking um through a problem with a person is try to relate but you know yeah not everybody can relate to you know being addicted to something or something as bad as like drugs or alcohol or whatnot so you I don't know. It, it like the first thing to do is like go to therapy, but that's not always. It doesn't always help. It doesn't always help. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. And um, and and also it's it's not it's not even fair to ask like a person you to like always be there to listen. Like that, that's 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 why this is so resonant uh, for me. And it just because uh, I got to be some de- yeah personal responsibility. Yeah, yeah, you do, but mm-hmm. and 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 you also have to take care of yourself at the same time. And and there's rarely do people speak about this type of stuff. It, it was such honesty as he's doing on this album, and I think you only can get there is if you have like lived through it. I was gonna say yeah, it's not lived through it, and then like I don't think this could have been like his first album either. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Well, he had to be ready to talk about it. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, there, there's in, in some interviews, there's talking about like his. Uh, I think it is his brother, like getting shot 
oh, in yeah, the yeah, apartment, that, yeah. and and them having to clean it up when he was like a young child, like that type of um, much like drugs, that type of trauma can ruin generations of people, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and you see how he rose up out of that and it be, and it becomes an inspiration i don't know if he's looking to be that person that people to look through that's a lot to put on and on somebody and to take on you know if he made this album like sure call me if you want to talk about you know yeah. your problems but uh, more i think it's just that he put it out there and can step away from it and let other people figure out what they do i think this was like his form of therapy so or, yeah. you know making the music a good thing about music is that it could be you know relatable and not everybody has like this type of platform to uh you know talk about this kind of stuff or you know hopefully somebody listening can see that somebody with his like legendary status is like going through this you know or go went yeah. through this type of stuff so and is able to translate it to where it's not like it's not foreign so Raphael Sadiq's Jimmy Lee is available everywhere. You can buy fine records right now. I suggest you go out and do that. At least, uh, at least check it out, man. It's you know sometimes music isn't always about the bop. Sometimes it's about the important shit, and this is so very very important. The things that he's talking about, and uh, you can educate yourself. You can um, commiserate with a lot of this stuff. It's a, it's actually a remarkable, remarkable album. And, uh, I know he's playing a few shows, but I hope that tour widens out. Cause I would love to see, uh, him bring some of this to the people. This, you know, when you experience this stuff in, in public with people around you, it can be even more healing than, than what you're hearing on the record. Uh, so go out and get that before we get out of here. I want to talk to you about Nickel and Rose, Johanna Rose and Carl Nichols. She's on bass and he's on guitar from right here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Now they are uh, the folk duo. Maybe doesn't do it justice. If you like bands like Davachka, uh, if you like Franz Nikolai's music, there's there's a lot of like Eastern European influence in their stuff. But it is they can they can just flip a switch and go. Uh, from from folk to Americana to more uh, gypsy music a little bit uh, to oh, punk rock, man. They're, they're everything. In fact, the song we're going to play for you right now was featured on Afropunk on their site a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. And it has the best quote I can ever uh, – I wish I I wrote this quote because it's amazing. Uh, It it says, the song seethes with righteous anger that has more punk rock in it than a million white boy pop punk bands singing about their exes. This is the real shit. It is the real shit. The name of the song is uh, Another Man, and you're going to hear it right now. So here's Nickel and Rose with Another Man. Another man is dead.
What an amazing song. What an amazing band. Nickel and Rose, Another Man. I hope you are a fan now. Uh, If you're not, there's probably something wrong with you. You need your ears and your heart checked. Uh, These guys uh, are on a short tour of Europe, and then they're going to be back here in Milwaukee. And I I hope to see them. I hope to talk to them, but definitely see them again. This is just such a a pleasant surprise to walk down the street to the this amazing place, the Cactus Club, and, and, and walk in and see this band that is now one of my favorites. They're, they're astounding, and uh, I can't wait to see what they do next. So get out there and support them, guys. That is it for this episode of Discologist. Hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a rating or a message there. We love feedback. We love ratings. They're good, too. 
Uh, we're also out there on Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. As mentioned, we are part of the Osiris Podcast Network. And our sister podcast over there, Dead to Me, if you are dead curious, uh, that is the Grateful Dead, and I wonder what all the recent hype is about, or have just always wanted to dip your toe in the water. Uh, myself and uh, host Casey Ray and uh, our friend Eduardo, we're going to walk you through it. Right this season, we're doing the albums, but there's a whole first season is all the history of them, and uh, there's a whole lot of great stuff coming with that. So, certainly check that out. Coming up on Discologist, you can look forward to a few things. We're going to be talking about Taylor Swift's new album. Not sure. It might be in the next couple days. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, we're gonna we we got a great episode about Brad Meldow's Finding Gabriel that's that's coming down the pipe, and uh, and we're getting around to talking about Purple Mountains, and that's going to be uh, much like this one, a little heavier, uh, but I think uh, I think it's something we need to talk about. Uh, so we're going to be doing that, and then uh, more great stuff as the year barrels on. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!